Some of you may know about my podcast obsession. Podcasts can be anything from talk radio to call-in shows to radio dramas. While I can't stand audiobooks, I love listening to actors portray a horror story or listening to a history of email spam or listening to retirement saving tips while I garden or do puzzles or clean the house. This week while I was decluttering my office, I was listening to a personal finance podcast when a caller detailed their situation. The woman was pretty much solely in charge of the family's finances. Her wonderfully helpful husband would kindly pick up the mail daily from their fairly distant mailbox and she would document and pay all the bills as they came in. While she thought they were debt-free, a letter that her husband had forgotten to remove from the stack of mail this time revealed that he had been racking up debt behind her back. $60,000. And seven credit cards later, her husband really had no clue where all the money had gone. And a thorough review of the statements revealed a steady diet of video games, fast food, and bar tabs. Many of the cards had been maxed out, and many were delinquent, and the woman was unsure whether she was also responsible for the debt of her husband, a man she had not thought capable of such deceit. The radio host made a few attempts at helping her reconcile her finances, but his advice went more toward the heart of their relationship rather than to the state of her checkbook. You need to get into marriage counseling immediately if either one of you want to save this marriage, he said. This is what we call financial infidelity. This man has destroyed your trust, and that is going to take years and lots of hard work to repair. Whenever we talk about relationships, trust, our reliance on someone or our confidence in someone, comes up. Trust in a person takes years to build, and sometimes mere minutes to be destroyed. Some of us have been so hurt in our lives that we find it hard to trust anyone. Our ability to trust affects our friendships, can make or break our marriage, and definitely changes our relationship with God. The widow in today's parable was persistent. She put in the work. She asked for judgment daily from the unjust judge. But eventually, she had to trust. She had to trust that the judge would become annoyed with her constant presence. She had to trust that the judge would be so shamed that he would give her relief. She had to trust that the judge would at least act in his own self-interest, if not in her interest. And in the end, the widow did end up victorious. How much more should we trust that God has our best interest at heart? This judge is corrupt and still manages to do the right thing by the widow. Our God is the definition of justice and mercy and grace. This does not mean God gives us everything we ask for. There would be a lot more Ferraris in folks' driveways if that were the case. But it does mean that God hears our pleas and will deliver justice for us in the end. We cannot control what justice looks like. And we honestly should be grateful that we do not have to decide. The question of what is just, what is good, what is right, can on the surface seem to be an easy question. But under the surface, what is right, what is good, and what is just starts to get murkier. Which is why we humans have such a long history of ethics, philosophy, and law.
Only God can bring about justice and perfection. And it is possible it may not happen on this earth or even before the end of this world. Think about how trust is built in relationships. Years and years of that person continuing to show up, to be faithful to you, to act as though they have your best interests at heart. Only then do we start to rely on that person. Only then do we open up our hearts and make ourselves vulnerable. God is not physically in front of us. God cannot bring us flowers or show up to our appointments on time. God's actions in our lives are often overlooked or forgotten or misconstrued. No wonder we have such a hard time trusting God. Many of us struggle to let go and let God. Of the Benedictine saying, ora et labora, pray and work, most of us do a much better job at the work part than the prayer part. We work like it all depends on us and forget to pray like it all depends on God. But we all come to points in our lives when we can do nothing more about a situation. We have wheeled and dealed. We have hired the best doctors or lawyers we can afford. Or we have planted, watered, and fertilized the seed. Suddenly, we find ourselves with no more work that can possibly be done. Suddenly, we find ourselves in the frustrating and freeing position of having to trust God. While that may be terrifying, we are not the first people who have struggled to trust God. Folks who needed guidance or assistance with discernment would travel far and wide to meet with certain spiritual figures who had a knack for helping folks see where God was at work in their lives and in turn to enable them to trust God more deeply. This has evolved in the modern church into spiritual direction, the long-term journeying together of a director and a directee in order to see God's pattern of speaking and working in a person's life. This counseling may be too much for many of us who do not need any major guidance but are just trying to trust God more fully. For most of us, a good starting place may be the Ignatian Examine. The Examine is a series of questions developed by St. Ignatius of Loyola that can be used daily to feel the presence of God, identify where God may have acted in your life today, and to pray for God's continued action in your life tomorrow. This pattern may sound familiar if you've read the Old Testament. In Judaism, the trials of the Israelites and their deliverance from horrible situations is repeated over and over again, proof that God loves them and is worthy of their trust. Similarly, if you examine the history of your life, you can often see where God has sometimes quietly and sometimes overtly been at work. God has not abandoned us. And while sometimes our answered prayers may look differently than we thought they might, God answers our prayers especially the ones we pray persistently. Our Heavenly Father is worthy of our trust. There's a reason we pray, Thy will be done. God has time and time again delivered good things and good people to our lives. God has brought about justice. And God will continue to show up in our lives. This doesn't mean we stop working or that we stop praying. But it does mean that we start trusting. Work, pray, and trust that God will bring about his kingdom one day at a time.